tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Part of what we do when we do a review is we crap on endlessly about stuff. I'd like, like to say that's probably the fairest review we've yeah. ever got. Yeah. <laughs> Some might call them tasting notes. Other might call them sort of wank. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Hello. 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 We need, really need four voices to make that work, don't we? Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. we're a barbershop Stuart with uh, ambitions. Yeah, yeah. A whiskey shop quartet, maybe. Yeah. Uh, welcome along, everyone. Welcome along to the Whiskey Waffle podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And it's oh, it's bloody good to be back behind the microphones. What do yeah. you think, Ted? It's been a little while. It's It has, although our, our listeners will have been copying a lot of episodes of late because all the old ones have been going back up. Yes. Nick, are you feeling regular? Uh, I, I am feeling regular because it's inspired me. I am inspired to regularity. Excellent. And so what what sort of schedule have we been keeping with our podcast uploads? Well, I'm thinking Fridays. Unfortunately, not every Friday. Not every Friday. Which no. Friday? Um, just one Friday in September. No, um, I'm thinking every fourth Friday we should stick up a Whiskey Waffle podcast. So what, that's one, two, three. Is that like 12 a year? Yeah, you were never the maths one, were you, Ted? Um, there are 12 months in a year, but I, if, we do, if we do every fourth Friday, that means there'll be 13 in a year, which might be a bit unlucky. It might be very unlucky. I'm well, sure. no, well... Maybe not. It's lucky for our listeners because they get an extra podcast. And it really is a bonus podcast. The final podcast of the year, our Christmas podcast, is going to be the one where we just include all the random bits and pieces that got left over, didn't make their way into podcasts throughout the rest of the Basically, year. Basically, sort of the scraps from uh, Christmas dinner that we've sort of scraped off the plate yeah. uh, <laughs> into, into the uh, into the microphone bin and um, brought ser- served to you the next day. Um, from the microwave, so yeah, and it's probably to be fair, just as good if not better than the Christmas lunch. Anyway, um, but yeah, there'll be some random bits and pieces, not necessarily the waffle, the whiskey. It'll just be all these odds and ends that get left over. Yeah, little uh, little scrunched up bits of wrapping paper, delicious, uh, thrown away. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, actually, um, one of the things I did want to start this podcast was um, a couple of times ago and during our last recording block, I put a call out for for iTunes reviews and other reviews on other podcast um, catching sites. And, and we, we've we actually got a couple, Ted. We, what? We've got a couple of reviews. So, but, Look, my mum is terrible with computers. Yeah, um, I know. Your, your mum's all right with the socials, but still, like... Yeah, that's, I know. That's... It doesn't quite, um, doesn't quite add up, does it? Nope. We have got uh, three reviews that I'm going to quickly mention and uh, thank very much um, these people for reviewing our show. The first one is um, from UDKaz. Udikaz. How does yeah. um, how does D, D, DT pronounce this one? Yeah, I, I don't know. Udkaz. Udkaz. If your name is Udkaz, please get in touch. No, okay, here we go. Um, five stars. Five stars. Um, a brilliant podcast covers everything you need to know with silly stuff and serious articles. Not one, not two, but five okay hand gestures. <laughs> that that is that pretty much generally uh, describes this mediocrity personified. Ah, oh, but five times. Yes. Um, here's another good one. Frivolous Fun from Ozfith. Mm. Um, again, I'm just messing up all the pronunciations of the of the usernames here. Actually, we were having an interesting discussion the other day. I can't remember if it was with you or was... Might have with been someone. with Ozfith. Well, maybe. But we're having this discussion about how in this day and age of like Uber and things like that, five stars has be- kind of become like the, the default um, rating. It's like... That has been an acceptable thing, as opposed to like being a really like awesome event 
like in reality, say the acceptable thing should be three stars. Yeah, surely. Um, Having said that, please don't give us anything yeah, no. less than five stars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, joking. But anyway, Ozfeef says, uh, always enjoy the waffling. You guys need to post more. Well, every fourth Friday, Ozfeef. Every fourth Friday. Let's see if we can hold ourselves to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, let's have a successful recording session tonight and we'll see how we go. Um, so, And that was another five-star review. Cheers. Okay, then. We've got one here from Spirited Literally. Um, this Lit- is from literally da- Spirited? Literally Spirited, yeah. This is from David Howley. Um, and he says, likable, knowledgeable lads from God's own country. <laughs> yeah, yep. we are. Yorkshire. Yep. Yeah, of course. Uh, sometimes sound a bit hammered, detracting from their credibility as live tasters. Look, I'd like to say that I think we've improved over time. I'd, I'd like, like to say that's probably the fairest review we've yeah. ever got. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think the think the early days we got a bit enthusiastic with um, our uh, tasting versus speaking sort of ratio, but these days, mm. hopefully. And um, David finished up with a good sound quality, which is probably the nicest thing he could possibly say to me because if he knew the amount of hours I put into editing these things, mainly because most of the stuff we sprout is absolute rubbish and needs to be edited out. So I do appreciate the comment of the sound quality. And this one is four stars. Four stars? Which, you see, to me, that's fine. Four stars is great, right? Well, that, that is good because the other two are obviously toadies and just trying to suck up to us. Yeah. Whereas this person is an honest an honest reviewer who has put, laid, down their, uh, laid down their stripe and sort of said, these guys are... Pretty okay. Having said that, we would, you know, appreciate as many uh, five star ratings as we can. We've got um we've got eleven ratings yep. all up and um ten of them have been five stars. So it's just David that um that hasn't quite decided to give us the, the full amount. But I think it's I think it's fair enough because well, to be fair, we do sound a bit hammered quite a lot. And that <laughs> does yep. detract from our credibility of live tasters. Yes. But um that's actually sort of leads into our topic on the waffle today. Um so let's uh let's end this intro which seems to have gone on for forever let's get into our first topic hey ted yeah i think by the time we finish this intro it's going to be the outro so yeah yeah i know let's uh let's kick on kick all right how's that how's that how's that how how's that you turned around i cut you out how's that i don't know the rest of the words yeah the waffle so, Nick, mm. an important bit, I think, of what we do. I mean, part of what we do when we do a review is we crap on endlessly about stuff. But what? another thing is we, yeah. we, like, we talk about what the whiskey tastes like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We do. And, um, you know, we come up with comparative things. Some might call them tasting notes. Other might call them sort of wank. Um, yeah, wank, wank's a pretty good word. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, this is one of the things that a lot of people will read a whiskey review to find out. They'll find out what someone else described the taste as tasting like. Yeah, see, a lot of people who write reviews online will sort of take a take that sort of more uh, tasting note-driven sort of angle yeah, to it. Yeah, let's think subheadings. Yeah, they'll go like... Colour. No, Colour, nose, flavour, finish, and then they'll write some things down. Mm. Our, the only difference between them and us is we just pat it around with a lot more Yeah, guff. it takes us about four paragraphs to get to that point. Yeah. And um, so David Halley makes a really good point in his review that we waffle convivially quite regularly. That is probably what makes us whiskey waffle. Um, and we, to be fair, wouldn't change it for the world. No. But does that sort of compromise our reliability as tasters? I'm going to go with yes. Yes. 
But <laughs> I am offended, sir. We yeah. have superlative palates. We've got the finest noses this side of the animal kingdom. No, I don't know. We um, even uh, described you once as Nick the Nose. Nick the Nose, yeah. That was sarcastically, but <laughs> I still appreciated the reference all the same. Um, yeah, to be fair, I don't think... Well, I certainly... I, I'll speak for myself here, Ted, on the on the risk of offending, but I, I've certainly never referred to myself as having the finest palate, the most defined nose, the you know, the best ability to pick out. Is there such a thing as accurate tasting notes? Well, no. And the thing is, we... I mean, we suggest things to each other, and then as soon as we say it... Oh, yeah. We go, oh, yeah, yeah, I can taste that. But we and, do. And you guys at home, don't deny that that has not happened to you as well. Hmm, yes. what's that? Mm, sour plums. I can definitely get the sour plums. Mm, was that a bit of um dry leaf litter? I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps licorice. Tinges of sadness and despair. I know uh, that's just my life, <laughs> <laughs> but now you've brought it up. No, um, yeah, but this is this is the thing. That's this has happened to all of us. But um, yeah, is there a right answer as far as tasting notes go? Discuss. Well, I would say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 fair, isn't it? Because my biology suggests that my palate is going to be different to yours. Yeah, and that's right. So our um friend uh, Dean Jackson, who is a um well-known Tasmanian distiller, been mm. around a few of the um, places in the Tassie scene. We were we were down visiting him back when he was at Redlands. Old Redlands. Old Redlands. This mm. is like one of the first uh, distillery tours we did. Yeah, as Whiskey Waffle. As Whiskey Waffle. Mm. Um, and he had, he had an interesting theory that it's sort of... Tasting notes are very subjective and mm. it partly comes down to a person's life experiences. So... Let's just look between Nicholas and myself because we're the only people in the room that we have to uh, to compare against. This is true. There are no producers sitting in the corner just sort of holding up cards and say, make another joke. Yeah. Say some more innuendo. Like, this is just completely off the cuff. So, we both grew up in Burnie, mm. but Nicholas uh, grew up down near the seaside. Indeed. Whereas I grew up sort of just inland in a bit of a sort of rural country area. Out um, on the very edges of whoop whoop. <laughs> Not quite that far out. No, no. Um, we had we had a light uh, post in. Oh, true, uh, true. Yes. Yeah, there was uh, there was one light lamp post. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, according to Dean's theory, that will affect um, the flavors that we get out of uh, the whiskey because our life lived experience means that we'll have ex- experienced different things. We'll have come across different scents and different flavors over our lives, and have different reference points of sort of what we draw on to get a uh, tasting note. Mm. So, obviously, I would describe something as earthy clods, whereas Nicholas would go salty ocean things. I'd actually think it'd no. be more likely to be the other way around because the other one actually knows what that smells or tastes like. Yeah. So, we, the other one just has this subjective, this this image in their head of what they think it might actually be. But, no, I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. Well, Dean's actually absolutely right. Yeah. You just um, seem to paraphrase him particularly well um, in the sense that our um, lived experience will affect the flavours we get. If you've never had proper umami flavors before you're not going to describe it as that but you yeah. might say meaty or savory but you might mm. not come up with that sort of note yeah exactly if you've never eaten an apple and i mean then we, we, you really need to look into <laughs> healthy foods but um yeah well i actually we we did know someone who hadn't ever eaten a banana because it was they found it a bit too phallic shaped so <laughs> um yeah true so um caribbean cask for them was a completely yeah. different experience i i mean so full full confession from us that we do have a default position that if we can't sort of find a a uh, tasting note that we'll fall back on it. Our proper 
um, default tasting note. The proper default tasting note is, of course, sour plums. Exactly. If, yeah. you, if you're a long-term listener to the podcast, then you know all about our sour plums tasting note. And the other thing, subjectivity in tasting notes is all partly to do with the time of day, the time of year, yep. um, time what of you've month. eaten. Ted and I, definitely. Yeah. What you've eaten that day, what you've whiskey you've had before the one you're just drinking now. That's a massive one. Yeah. That that can completely change. If if you're in the mood, I remember one night that we went out um, on the town to a whiskey bar and I was just having a completely off night. Nothing mm. tasted good to me. I was, you had a Bunahab an 18 year old. Yeah, you didn't even uh, like it. No. I just, I yeah, I was having an off night. Yeah. And uh, I remember when we had the uh, Hakshu, the Japanese one, the um, mm. apparently peated. Japanese Hakshu, mm. which we tried before and never tasted an ounce of smoke, but we just had some bourbon, and then we tried the uh, Hakshu straight away after, mm. and all of a sudden it was this peat monster. Mm. I mean, it's the same. It was from the same bottle. What? Yeah. So if you ever feel a bit embarrassed about giving a tasting note, don't. Don't be. It's all to do with what your experience is and what you think. Don't let anyone else tell you what it should taste like, except Whiskey Waffle when you read their blog. Yeah, yeah. And you just nod along and say, yep, yep. Uh, I can get that, totally. Yep. So let's let's do a little experiment then, Ted. We've got a glass uh, of Glenn Fark, this 15-year-old. That is a right subject, whole subject for another uh, yeah, yeah. But podcast What I want you to well. do is come up with two tasting notes for this Glenn Farkless 15, so far unreviewed on Whiskey Waffle. One, um, on, one on the nose, one on the tongue. Either or, just two random tasting notes. I'll come up with two, and we'll list them one after the other, and see if anything matches up. And uh, spoiler alert, probably won't. Okay, I, th- I think I've got one okay. on the nose. Yeah. Let me just get one for the I've got one. I think. Okay. Okay. Well, so what we're going to try and do, Ted, is we're going to say them simultaneously together on the count of three. Okay, so my, just just for reference, my yep. first one is going to be uh, for the nose. Yep. Mine. Mine is two. Mine is okay. two. Okay. You ready? Tennis berries. <laughs> did you actually say tennis balls? I did say tennis balls. Well, I, I thought strawberries was a little bit out there, but um, okay. Describe the tennis balls. Oh, it's just sort of like sort fresh of, tennis balls straight out of the tube. It's it's almost um maybe it's more like squash balls. It's um it's <laughs> kind it's of completely different tasting note. Well, it's kind of that a slightly rubbery note to it. Mm. Makes me almost think a bit Irish with that. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. There is a bit, there's sort of a bit of rubberiness there, but it just for some reason made me think of tennis balls. All right then. Well. Which is definitely the correct tasting note if yeah. you're listening along at home. Everyone with their glass of Glenn Farkless 15 is sitting there and like, oh yeah, tennis balls, I really get that. And then they sort of stop and pause for a second like, what on earth is going you on here? You wanker. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right then. So I don't know if we need, even need to delve into my strawberries. So you want to do number two? Yep. Honey. Orange fruit tingles. <laughs> Honey and orange fruit tingles. There we yeah. go. Um, I mean, no, neither of us are wrong. Yes. Um, neither of us are particularly hammered at this stage of the evening, but um, even if we were, we're still probably equally wrong slash right. Nice one. Well, there you go. Tasting notes. They're pretty much bollocks, aren't they? Yeah. Don't be ashamed. And I, I don't know if I should admit this on, on air, but... Um, Na- national radio. When I'm... When I'm yeah. When I'm reading reviews, other people's reviews, or even our own reviews, my eyes tend to gloss over the tasting note section. Yeah, you're I just right. A bit. Sort of skim down to the conclusion. Because it's just it, like it's it's just it's list reading is what it is. I know, and I've read so many reviews in my life that it just they do all start sounding the same. Um, if you can write it in a new and creative way, that's great, and that makes it more entertaining. Well, but, actually, gosh, I, a list. The, before we finish this section, mm. you've just reminded me that there's something else that we should have um, sort of addressed in this. Now, there's some people who say like, 
oh, all those sort of tasty notes of like vanilla and honey and caramel. Um, yeah, tennis Sour balls plums. are all bullshit. Like complete and utter dreck. Wank. Their part of their point is it's not really about sort of these taste notes. It's about the feeling of the whiskey. It's about the sort of the structure of it and how it sort of um, goes over your um, palate over your, over and your tongue, sort of, yeah, coats your mouth. But I've heard some, sort of seen some uh, fairly major figures in the whiskey industry sort of talk about this. That mm, it's they, all about mouthfeel, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's about mouthfeel and how it the texture of it rather than which is all sounds pretty like wanky as well yeah yeah it's less romantic to write about isn't it mm. <laughs> yes you you can't say um yes it, it tastes like um there's only so many mm. ways you can say broad across the palate mm. fat mm. yeah chunky thick with Curvy. c's lots of curves yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay this is whiskey waffle we can come up with words to describe anything yeah but um yeah whiskey waffle signing out until the next bit that you're about to listen to do you want to pause for a sec, Ted? Just got a message. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Andrew. Pause. Was elbows deep in the brewery when he sent this? Don't you love being elbows deep in a brewery? Oh, absolutely. The whiskey. Kilch. Homan. Yep. Uh, one day we'll learn to pronounce whiskeys. Kilchoman. That was pretty good. I mean, all Scottish people out there have just disinherited you, but I know it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we're up. Actually, I have a I have a Kilhoman Glen can. I'm drinking out of a Sutherland's Cove one. <laughs> good on. work. Where is my Kilhoman one? I'm it's drinking a- out of a Hellier's Road one. So my Kilhoman was empty. Transfer. 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 Contact has been made. Right. So anyway, as we've alluded to very overtly, mm. this is Kilhoman. Can you say very overtly? Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> Have I caught him out in his own game? Eh, well, maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, Kilhoman is from the magical Isle of Isla. Yep. And whereas most Isla distilleries, well, some of them have been going for like 200 years or close to, this one is not quite so much. This is the newest. Well, no. No. Garden no. Hoe is the... Garden Hoe. Yeah, Garden Hoe. Yep. Garden Hoe have just started production, but... Kilhoman is the newest whiskey distillery that actually has matured spirit. And um, there's something special about Kilhoman because they grow all of their barley and they basically produce everything on site. And then as close as I'll have come to paddock to bottle. Yeah. We've both been to it, but you've been into it. I've, I've, done I've it just all. sort of wandered around the outside because they were shut at the time. No, nope. which was well, they were, they were open, and um, I had a really good time because it reminded me the most of all of my distillery visits in Scotland. It reminded me the most of Tasmania. Mm. Yeah, it's a small place. I believe I remember it being timber, sort of a sort of fairly modernish looking it, timber distillery. It was maybe. a bit of a shed, really. Mm. <laughs> it has a shed. Which is probably shed-ish why elements. you think Tasmania. Mm. But the welcome that I got was Tasmania as well. Um, it was just, it was quite nice. The um, the guy that took me around was on his very first tour, so he hadn't memorized the script yet. So it was, it was much more entertaining. Did, were than you I'm, were you able to tell him more about the uh, well, uh, Kilhoman? Let's than just say he, he, had, he had a minder, um, right. and she and she made sure that she only had to answer a couple of questions for him. Though he did a good job. Yeah. But what I appreciated wasn't the Diageo spiel. It wasn't a well rehearsed. I think Diageo well, one. Did no. I know that? That's that's why they weren't why it wasn't a Diageo spiel because they're not Diageo. Oh, I thought you said what I appreciated was the Diageo spiel. No, what I appreciated it was not a Diageo oh, spiel. It was not a Diageo spiel. Yeah, no, that's that's the point because like you go to any of the Diageo ones, so Oban, 
Talisker. I didn't like Craig and Moore. Craig and Moore. Dalwini. Dalwini. Oban. I've already said Oban. Sadly, uh, Lagavulin. Lagavulin. Yeah. Mm. And you can go do the same tour. Yeah, essentially. Um, but so, you can get your passport stamped. Yeah, true. And that, that's worth it, isn't it? That's worth it. But um, no, Kilhoman, it just has its own, just own sense of place. Tewa. And well, maybe it is. Maybe it's a Tewa. It's... It's a lovely little distillery, and it just feels like coming home. Mm. Even if you've never lived in a whiskey distillery before, you know, it's just a place where you can, you know, park your sleeping bag and curl up, and you will feel welcome there. Until I'm they not, like turn you sure. up and like, what the hell are you doing? Literally, here that doesn't necessarily bag. work. But um, anyway, so we're drinking some Kilhoman. Um, I went to Kilhoman and I tried a few different releases, and the one that I bought was this one. That one. Yep. It's got a red label. It's got a red label because it's been in wine barrels. Mm. See, the ones that we've had previously have had blue labels. Mm. Seneg, uh, um, Loch Gorm. Yeah. That's purple. But um, Machia Bay is the blue label mm. and that's the, the lower level one. But this is been in red wine casks. Mm. Um, it was distilled on the 2nd of the 8th, 2012, and it was bottled on the 31st of the 5th. 2018, so it's not even five years. Yeah. Which, again, makes me think of Tasmania. We know. What is the fact that we know, Nick? Well, we know that Pete really, really papers over some cracks in young whiskey. Yeah. Pete does good things to young whiskey. Mm. And speaking of 2012, there are actually 2012 bottles of this made. Yeah, right. This is number 497. Very good. Mm. I get a bit of wine gums off it. Do you? Yeah. Not the fact that I just said wine that brings mm, that well, I think that's why I get wine gums because it's, yeah. Mm. It's got a meatiness to the smoke. Oh, it's got heaps to the smoke. Mm. It's got an ashy... Of course, being an Isla drop and not Bunnahaven, it is a uh, smoky Fully drop. peated. Yep, fully peated drop. No, that's... Oh, there's some, um, there's some peat in there, isn't there? Oh, Makes me sound like a sumo. <laughs> it doesn't. All those sumos that normally um, come to our whiskey tasting nights. Mm. Oh, I've been waffling about this whiskey, but I haven't been drinking it enough. Do you? Do you guys have this problem? It's just me. Start we drinking we tend stuff. to waffle a bit. Yeah, it prevents us from drinking too much. Mm. This is a very good point. If we drank as fast as we waffled, we'd be in big trouble. <laughs> but no. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We prioritise the waffling, and gosh, there are some flavours to talk about here. It's like a. I mean, there's there's the fire, there's the ash, there's the soot even. Like, the fire's... Is it, it's almost smouldering. It's not big, big flames. It's smouldering, ashy... Plumminess sort of and plums and nectarines, I think. Are they sour plums? No, I don't think they're even sour plums in this case. They're sweet plums. Mm. <laughs> That's something you've not heard on Whiskey Waffle before, ladies and gents. That's a revolutionary Sweet, pl- sweet plum. Yeah, it it's good. <laughs> it, it's good it, it is good I, w- I would okay launching into it I would rate this as a high three four for me mm. um, it's I mean I, th- so I think it needs to do a little bit more to cross that border but I was, I, it's sort of at the upper end of a three for me it's it's got this so there's there's the peat obviously there the peat is front and center but it's like swimming in a what's that sort of port wine jelly yeah, I get a bit of peach in it as well. Mm. Mm. But it's it's young. It's quite... Yeah, well, and see, I don't think... It's that not this, smooth. 
I don't think this would be anywhere near the whiskey it is if it didn't have that peat. No. I think if you had it without the peat, you'd go, "Mm, that's a bit... mm, And it's possibly because, you know, this is the most heavily peated thing I've tried tonight and I'm I'm getting really excited by that. Mm. But does that disvalidate the argument? (laughs) Disvalidate. I'm coming up with words to help me with my argument. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make it any less unique than it currently is? He's giving me a look. He's giving me a look, Waffles. He's giving me a look. <laughs> yeah, po- possibly I'm swept away on a wave of peat, and I'm sort of or pot- potentially rolling down a hill of peat, whereas all the um, grass is puffing up around me and filling my nostrils with hay feverish peat. That's very poetic of you. It's not poetic at all. It's absolute crap. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I- I'm being swept away in the moment, and it's, it's peaty and nice. Mm. For me, what excites me about Kilhoman is the raw, untamed beastiness of Kilhoman. This is what peated whiskey is like when it's left to its own devices. This is mm. untamed. This is unrestrained. Like, there is no barrel aging holding this back. This is Pete Bignall's Bogan Burnout in Scottish Isla form. It's, it's just raw. Yep. But... It's, tasty. It's oh, it's so tasty. Yeah, it's, no, it's good. It's, it's raw and exciting, and that's what I like about it. Yep. Ugh. There we go. How's that? How's that? Yeah, we tried that one already and failed. <laughs> yep. Um, you know what band sings that, Ted? Is it, I assume it's an Aussie band. It's an Aussie band singing. How's that? Yeah. Um, I do oh, believe. Is is it is it um what's that uh the one with Sherl in it. Ah, um, uh, Skyhooks. Skyhooks. No, it's not. Ah. Um, I'll give you a clue. What is my default tasting note for New Make Spirit? Oh, God. Um, you called me out on this before. <laughs> oh, no, I can't think now. <laughs> what is it? Sometimes confused with cocaine. Sometimes confused with cocaine. I say confused. You'd have to be in a terrible situation <laughs> to actually literally confuse it. But uh, in terms of the I, look. I, icing sugar? Um, you're getting no. close? No, uh, something like that. Yep. What is it? If you mix the icing sugar with some um, sherbet, sherbet, yes, yeah, sherbet is the the oh, yeah. do not, how, how, not sky hooks, sherbet, yeah. And unless I'm very much mistaken, which I quite often am, the lead singer of sherbet, Daryl Braithwaite, yes, I think. Gosh, all all of our American uh, all of our American listeners have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. To be fair, we don't have many American listeners, so um, are you an American listener? Well, if so, please no. Okay, so. I I just I have I have a tip then. If you're at an Australian festival and Daryl Braithwaite comes on, just shout this. Play horses! And, um, yeah, it's the most obnoxious thing because he is going to play horses. <laughs> you don't need to yell it. Yeah. Uh, unless you're like you, Ted, I suppose, waiting. You can't go home until he plays horses and then yeah. you can leave. So yeah. I suppose that is fair enough. It was an experience. In that case, play horses! From the spirit sack. Good news, Teddy boy. Good news. Do tell. We have a message in our spirit sack. Ooh, I do like a bit of good bit of a rummage in the sack. Ah, oh, I bet you do. This is from uh, this is from Paul, actually. Paul. Yeah, eagle-eyed listeners. Eagle-eyed listeners. Eagle-eared listeners. I think the eagles have good ears. No, owl-eared listeners. Owl-eared listeners. That's a slightly tricky one to say after multiple drams. Would remember Paul from episode. Gosh, two or three of the Whiskey Waffle podcast. Um, he's written in and he's asked us the following question. He's asked us, how many distilleries, whiskey distilleries, are there in Tasmania? 
at the moment and how many do you think there will be in five years' time? Well, we've just found that we don't actually know the answer to that recently because we found out about a couple of extra ones. The answer is more than we think. Yes, Definitely. It's over 30. Shall we, yeah, shall we go with a, a bit of a ballpark? Well, I know that um, there is a really good place to um, find out a little bit about this one. The TWSA. The TWSA? The Tasmanian Whiskey and Spirits Association. Yeah. It's basically the industry uh, club. I don't know if club, it makes it sound no like... No girls allowed? Yeah, I know. It makes it sound a bit secret seven-ish, doesn't it? But um, yeah, it, um, it has a little collection of a whole bunch of different ones. And there are more than... um, uh, It's not just... It's not just um, whiskey distillers on there, but gin distillers, um, but also distributors as well, um, part of this group. Let's yeah. let's let's just go with the whiskey ones though, because we yeah. we we are whiskey waffle and not gin jargon. Yep. Or rum ramble. No. So, um, shall we? You're gonna move some fingers around, Ted. Right. This is the S. What was the letters I said before? T D O S A. That one. Yeah. Here are some members: Seven K, Adams, Belgrove, Bernie Wine and Spirits, Propriety Limited. Conzie might have to uh, come on and tell us about that one, won't he? Yeah. Um, Charles Rubin Estates. No idea. Is that a whiskey distillery? No idea. Coralin, Cradle Mountain, Darby Norris, Dark Valley. Not a distillery, but Morsey's making some good whiskey there. Deviant, not making whiskey at the moment, but who knows? Devils, Fanny's Bay, Helly's Road, Iron House, Killara, Lark, Launceston, Lorenny, McRae Distillery. You've got me there. <laughs> They're in Longford. Um, McHenry, Nant, Newtown Distilling Co. That sounds a lot Damien Mackey-ish, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, Nunsuch, Old Kempton, Overeem, Sandy Gray, Sawford, Sheen Estate, Southern... No, not Southern Wild. George, make some bloody whiskey. Spring Bay, Sullivan's Cove, Summer Lees. Don't know. Yeah. Um, Taylor and Smith, Turner Stillhouse. There's a few. 33, I got. Yeah, so that's 33, and that's not counting all these new ones we're finding about down well, at Bruny Island. Yeah, and, there was one that we found at Houndstooth Whiskey out um, of Bruny Island. Uh, South Arm. South Arm, yes. There's all these new ones that we're finding out about. So I'm going to go, Paul. There are probably at least 40. Yeah. Up any at the moment. We're not... Tasmania is not at capacity yet. So the South has historically had the most um, distilleries, but the North and the Northwest are vastly untapped areas let alone the west yeah yeah no well, no one's the, yet to put the, it on um, flinders island one wasn't on that list that i just read Flin- flinders island is another one i've actually seen where they're putting that distillery in there they're they're sort of coming along i think so yeah many many paul how many do you think we think well as i've just said i don't think we're at saturation point yet i don't think we are either because the quantity we're producing is quite low whereas the demand is quite high Mm. obviously making your whiskey move from the distillery to the consumer is a tricky step that not everyone's perfected yet but people like solomon's cove if they had double the stock it would disappear yes if they had quadruple the stock it would disappear i think that where we haven't quite gone yet is we've yet to see the big sharks swim in from Either nationally or overseas, we're seeing we're seeing some like barracuda-sized fish <laughs> that have come in and gobbled up some of our distilleries. Yep. So like <coughs> AWH, AWH owns Lark and Nant and Overeem. Do they bit of Redlands? No, sorry, Old Kempton. Yeah, do they? Maybe, maybe not. 
can't remember. Um, but I think where the next interesting step will be is if someone like your Diageos or your Pernod Ricards or... That's a big step, isn't that's it? That's a big step. Well, and that that would suggest a major step up in production size as well. Is Oatlands Distillery going to do that? Could well be. They weren't on that list either. No. So in five years' time, I'm predicting one of two things will happen. One, it will double. There will be 80 different whiskey distilleries. Two, a big fish like a John Ibrahim-funded Oatlands distillery will take up most of the market, and there'll be like big, big guns and then little mini players. I suspect also at some point there will be a market correction as well. Price-wise? Yes. Mm. What about distillery-wise? Um, are, these, are some of these little guys going to shut down? I see that that might be a consequence yet, of the market correction. Mm. If if suddenly the the bottom falls out and people find it hard to shift their whiskey, unless they are one of these really big ones, mm. or potentially a super small one that's able to keep its overheads down a lot, then yep. yeah, maybe well, they'll be small. You haven't lost too much, mm. and the good news is you've got a whole bunch of whiskey. But if you've spent a lot of money as an outlay and then the whole industry comes crashing down somewhat, you've spent a lot of money that you're not going to make back in a, mm. in a long time. So it is dangerous. At this stage, Like there are so many players coming into the game and it still seems like it's a good time to come in. I think, but, I think where people are going to have to be sort of... That, people have to innovate on how they're different from the others. They need mm. to sort of capture that market segment which other people aren't capturing because they are doing something interesting. In yeah, I think we're at a point where being unique is not enough. You need to be very unique. <laughs> um, no, it's an interesting an interesting state that we find ourselves in. Mm. Tasmania, it's an interesting state. Also, the state of the industry is quite interesting too. Yes. Well, there you go, Paul. I think that's a roundabout way-ish answer to your question but we say answer it's probably you know a discussion of the points you have raised without answering anything I don't think we can give you an accurate accurate prediction on how many distilleries there are going to be I don't think we can give you an accurate answer as to how many there currently are yeah because we keep finding about new ones every day but yeah how many do you think there'll be in the future listeners leave us a comment get onto our um, Instagram post for this one it's a really good place for yeah all sorts of um, comments and discussions or leave us an email at uh, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. Or better still, carry a pigeon. Send us that carrier pigeon. Okay, okay, I have a point. You have a point. I have a point. Well, that, that makes a change, but go on. Smash session or saver! Radio Ted, I have a smash session or saver for you. Uh, this one's sent in from our loyal listener, Cleon. Love Cleon. That yeah. guy is a ledge. So Cleon has given us three options. So I guess it's not for you or, or for me independently. Like, it's for both of us. Okay. So let's have a think. Here are his three options. Here is Cleon. Yep. Glenn Dronick, 12-year-old. Okay. Abelau, 12-year-old. Mm. Glenn Farkless, 12-year-old. Oh. So all 12. Fat one's whiskies. Glenn Dronick, one's Abelau, Glenn Farkless. Oh, yes. All sherry bombs. Yeah, okay. So, Glenn Farkless, 12. Abelau, 12. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Glenn... Farkless. No, I said Glenn Farkless. Dronic. Glenn Dronic. Okay. Fat-ass whiskies. Yeah. 
Oh, Ooh. I know that you're gonna you're definitely gonna savor that Glendron. I will save that Glendron. I, I think I'm it. gonna be savoring the Glendroners as well. Glen- I think I'm gonna session the Glenfarkus and smash the Abbot. Oh. Yeah. I I'm being hasty on this, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just going with my gut. Yeah, yeah. And um it's probably best that you do go with your gut. Well see, I haven't really had too much Abelard twelve. I've had the Abunda. Ste- Stephen had the um the Glen the yeah. Abelard twelve. I I I've been to both Avalon and Glenfarclas. Glenfarclas are a distillery that they like have an eight year old, a ten year old, a twelve year old, a fifteen, a seventeen, an eighteen, a twenty, a twenty one. Like they have every age statement basically. Think of a year number and they've got it. And twelve is for most people their standard. They like the twelve, but for me, I I don't I don't go too much on the twelve. Whereas the fifteen, I adore and love and want to have its babies. I'm actually I'm actually going to smash the Glenfarclas 12 and I'm going to session the Abelard 12 just because I don't have any connection to other age statement Abelards. The one that I do love, as you've already mentioned, Abuna. Mm. I learned to pronounce that one day. Abuna? Abuna. Abunda. Yeah, no, the D's towards the end. It, sound, it sounds a bit Star Wars-y. Star Wars-y. Abunda, Jedi. <laughs> Sure, Ted. Um, so I'm going to go a slightly different way to you. I'm going to save the Glendron. I'm going to session the Abelar 12, and I'm going to smash the Glenfarclas 12. What are you going to do, Ted? I am going to smash that Abelar. Yep. I'm going to session the 12 mm-hmm. and wish it was 15. Yep. And then I'm going to savor that Glendron. Now, Cleon, because we know that you're going to listen to this and we know that you'll get in contact with us, Tell us what you would do. Um, and listeners at home, send us that carry pigeon through. Let us know. Or just jump on some Instagram comments, perhaps. Facebook you know. as well. We have a Facebook page. You can also jump on there. Yeah, or, do, or Twitter. I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, is, is Twitter a thing these days? I know Donald Trump uses it. So oh, maybe well, that- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a shout out for our best Twitter followers, Whiskey Mark and Whiskey Ninja. Um, there's many great Twitter conversations had between the three of us, but there's room for many more Twitter conversations with other Twitter users. If that is you. Do you have Twitter? If so, um, yeah, no. So thanks, Cleon, for for that one. I'm going to throw a shout out for our best Twitter followers. Um, (laughs) You don't know who they are. I do know who they are. I just don't want to say them wrong. Well, that concludes a... Oh, I've got a croaky voice there. Gosh. Whiskey doesn't make your voice croaky, does it? No, it makes it beautifully mellifluous. Yeah, well, obviously I'm not mellifluous enough, whatever that mellifluous... It means honey-like. <laughs> Only this end of the night, words like mellifluous come out. Good job, Ted, good job. This is why I keep you around. So, um... It's not for my body or my good looks. <laughs> it's it's mainly your vocabulary. Oh. So it brings us to the end of the night, and um, thank you everyone for listening this far through the episode. I say everybody; it's like it's like three people that have made it. This Th- far. Thanks, mum. Mm. Thanks, other mum. Yeah, thanks, indeed. Cleon. Indeed, yeah, it's mainly Cleon. But it brings us to the end. Thank you very much for listening to a whiskey waffle podcast. And once again, like now, you're about to finish the episode. Jump onto your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. We love those five star ones, and even those four star ones. They're pretty entertaining too. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Follow us on Instagram. Instagram's a good one. We love the Instagram comments. Or send us a carrier pigeon. And you know what? We're on Spotify too now. We are on Spotify. That's very exciting. Do you rate things on Spotify? I don't know. Do you? Share them? No, it's probably not. Just someone, them. Someone turn us into a playlist. Yeah, yeah. Just um, spread the word because Whiskey Waffle is on Spotify. 
All right. Well, I think that's enough. Thank you and good night. Also, keep on waffling. Yes. Also that. Also, good night. Night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. How, how's that? You turned around, I cut you out. How's that? I don't know the rest of the words. Yeah.